Friendshipping is proud to be once again brought to you by ourselves. We wrote a book about friendship. You can pre-order it right now at friendshippingbook.com. But wait, there's more? Yes, if you pre-order the book anytime before December 21st, so even if you already pre-ordered before you heard this ad anytime, our publisher will send you a set of very nice postcards for free. You will get 10 friendship postcards, so new ones, not like the ones we already made, completely different ones, and a pair of, like, good-ass pens to claim your postcards and pens. And please do. I assure you they are very delightful. Go to friendshippingbook.com and fill out the form near the bottom of the page. Whether you pre-order the book right this very now, or maybe it was five weeks ago, or just any time before December 21st, you are eligible for this adorable promotion. The postcards are going to arrive just a couple weeks after you get the book, so sometime in like mid to late January. And that's great because that's about the time that winter really starts to fucking suck and you really need vitamin D and your friends will be so happy to receive something pleasant in the mail from you. So friendshippingbook.com. Go get your postcards. Go get them. I'm Jen. And I'm Trin. This This is Friendshipping. And the theme this week is... Big feelings. Big? Big ol' feelings. Heavy, lumpy feelings. Friendship between humans has many benefits. But sometimes there is drama and you want to call it quits. Don't write nasty subtweets or punch them in the tits. View friendship at the problem. I was thinking today, as I woke up, how much I need coffee. And how much my little coffee needs a coffee because it's just not working. And my second thought was, I can't remember the last time I wore jeans. Oh, wow. Yeah, I can. I think I might try and wear some jeans this week just to change it up. And then my next thought was, does that mean the jeans industry is failing? No one's buying jeans right now, right? I don't know. Like nobody needs to be like Levi's tough right now. You know what I'm saying? Like, (laughs) So I have one pair of jeans that I have been wearing and it's because they are so soft and like old and like um, stretchy that like I might as well be wearing leggings. Like I just I love them. Love an old pair of jeans. Right. But like every, you're totally right. Every other pair of jeans in my closet has made like I haven't seen them. However, Jen, this is so funny. I have been thinking about pants, but I did not have the specific jeans revelation. I do the laundry in the house. Connell takes uh-huh. care of everything having to do with food. So like cooking and grocery shopping, or whatever. And I had to do everything having to do with clothes. So like laundry and like mending shit. That's just kind of like a skill set that I have. And He's wearing his jeans. He wears them like every day. But this all goes to show you uh, that men's style jeans are meant to be comfortably worn. And and women's uh, quote unquote style jeans are meant to make your ass look good at any cost. Yep. They're supposed to pinch and tuck and make you feel terrible about yourself. Yeah, that's exactly (laughs) what they do. (laughs) Which jeans do you think you're going to start with first? What's your first like COVID jean? Oh, man. Yeah. So um, I think I mentioned on the show that I'm currently quarantining and have been for like 10 weeks with my dad in uh, outside of Chicago. So when I was packing to come here, I brought two pairs of jeans. So ambitious of me. And I even brought a pair of jeans that are not comfortable. They're like tight and black and cute. They look cute with a sweater. And like, what was I thinking? Like, <laughs> I'm not touching those. I'm going to I'm going to go to the my tried and true skinny jeans that are like um, extremely worn in because I've you know, I've, I don't know if I've ever even washed them. Ew. So that's what I'm going to do. And I'll update you all on how it goes. I wonder how long I'll wear them for. I'm going to say under two hours before I change back into leggings. 
Oh, man, I'm going to go. So like, you know how Price is Right, they're like one um, dollar. I want to be like one minute because then I'll, you know, if you, you, if you don't go over, <laughs> right. then you win. But I don't think that's super fair. So I'm going to say no more than 45 minutes. I don't think it's going to be a full hour. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, why? Like, I can't imagine. I mean, they're not even. You can't even see pants on video chat. Like, there's truly no incentive to wear pants. Oh man! So Jen, you know how um I hate the heating in my apartment because it's all radiant heat that I cannot control. Oh yeah. So I've been hot (laughs) every single fucking day because I can't turn the heat off. And so Jen, we've done several like live streams and interviews and stuff. And from the waist up, I look completely like uh, uh, put together. But I have worn, it's not just like exercise pajama shorts, but like they're like, like, like moisture wicking and stuff, (laughs) you know, Uh, on top of completely unshaved legs uh, on top of slippers. So it's like, but nobody needs to know. And now they do. But only our listeners who would never judge me. They would never judge or tell. Man, radiator heat. It's a it's really dry, too. Yeah. Oh, it's hard. It's difficult. It's hard. Temperature control is a constant struggle for me. I'm going to say this because I don't know if this is true, but I do it. <laughs> so so <laughs> uh, my brother gave me the idea of so I have a couple of metal mixing bowls that I typically use for plants. But now we're in the plant off season. I don't really need to mix medium as much as I need to. And so he suggested fill those bowls with water and put them on top of the radiator so that they'll heat up and like the moisture will go in the air. I have no idea if it works, but it does make me feel slightly more in control of my surroundings. Yeah. 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 I like that. I've been meaning to get a humidifier. I like that. I like it's like DIY humidifier. That's really cool. Let's just pretend it works. That's please, because I have a humidifier, but there is no humidifier that's not a pain in the ass to clean out. It's not. Oh, my God. I oh, that's so true. And they get moldy in like two seconds. One thing my mom did um, in the last year that I really appreciated was she watched all of Schitt's Creek and she loved it. Yeah, and she I did. know I know it's not it's not hard to love Schitt's Creek. Um, and I don't know if it, it, it challenges people. Didn't I just fell in love with it? Now, maybe I think it challenges a lot of norms. It challenges a lot of things we've seen in media before because it's a happy show about a gay couple. Yeah. In a happy family. But anyway, um, she loved it. She loved by couple. Yeah, you're right. Thanks for correcting me. Yeah, she loved it. She loved it. She would text me all the time and be like, that Dan Levy is so talented. He's so good. She asked me once, like, is he uh, the actor? Is he gay for real? And I was like, yes, he is. And she's like, good for him. Aww. And he's doing such a great job and he's so successful. And I was like, oh, look at you. <laughs> this is not how things have. This is not how we would talk about things like this when I was very young. And uh, I believe change is possible. I believe growth is possible because I've seen it. Oh, totally. Dude, that is so lovely. Oh, yeah. man. I have, I've, it's funny. Like, I've had other gains, you know, with my parents and understanding me, but I keep recommending them shows with like prominent bisexual characters like Shit's Creek, like The Good Place. And they will watch a few episodes and be like, this is really not my thing. And I'm like, Fuck, I will find something. I will, you know. We will. We will figure this out. We will. So, so listeners, if you know of any um, bisexual entertainment that I can send to my parents who don't like Shit's Creek or The Good Place, which are obviously two of the best television shows in the last like 10 years. I don't know. Hit me up. Um, Speaking of coming to understand ourselves better, Jen, I would love to read this question. Yeah, please do. We got a great question. I graduated college last year. You tidy baby. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) What a wild time to graduate college. God, right? 
And so, yeah. and wow. also, like, being, like, however, you know, in your 20s, you can graduate college at any age, obviously. But it sounds like this person is, like, you know, early 20s. But to be in your early 20s and to be so self-aware is, like, incredible. Anyway, you guys will understand this after I read the question, which I am doing. I graduated college last year and have been living with my parents in a suburb of a quaint city since. Meanwhile, most of my friends from college are in larger cities and are being more directly affected by the stress of COVID and protests. When it comes to supporting Black Lives Matter, I found many good resources, and my part-time job is still paying me even while we're shut down. Hooray, unions! So I'm able to donate. However, I am not sure how to best help my friends emotionally in this exhausting fight. Two important details about me. One, I am white. I understand I have privilege because of that. And the stress that I'm feeling is only a fraction of what the black community has felt. Very true. Two, I have unmedicated ADHD. So I have what I've dubbed big feelings. I get swept up in my own rage and anger that I end up burning out for the rest of the day, making it harder for me to be there for my friends who really need someone to vent to or to distract them. How can I better take care of myself to better help my friends? she, her, hers, and P.S. I am in therapy. It's awesome, but there's only so much time each session. And we figured out I had ADHD earlier this year. We love when people say that. You've got an actual professional, which is good. You have learned some new information about yourself. You have a word for the reasons like why you do things. Like you have a chemical understanding now of the way your brain works. That's amazing. And two, uh, you're on a great start because you know your feelings don't matter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that sounds so mean, but it's the truth. They they don't. I mean, like they do on a personal level and that they can pro- they can propel you forward. They can help you figure out where to best put your energy and your attention. But the big, big, huge feelings that we get from ADHD, because this is I mean, I, I only know you from the question, but I'm assuming that this is the same thing that I get. So I will go with that. Those big feelings are not useful. Like They're only useful to a certain point. They're actually more of an extra drain that comes hand in hand with giving a shit about something. It's the second level of bad on top of the problem, and it fucking sucks. Oh, man. I love that the asker named them big feelings, big feelings in capital letters. So it always makes me feel more in control. And like, I understand myself a little bit more when I recognize what I'm feeling, when I name what I'm feeling, because then when it comes up, I can recognize it because, you know, everyone has patterns in their thoughts and behaviors. Oh, yeah. So like I um, something my my partner and I say often is I've got the blahs. And that means I'm in a I'm in a low mood today. It has nothing to do with you. Um, there's nothing that can be done about it, except maybe we'll drink extra wine tonight. Um, no. You know, like I need something to look forward to. Um, one thing I, I said a lot when I, in my younger 20s was, was I've got the grays which was, it didn't feel like the blues. It felt like the grays. Like I've got like, I don't know, the feel, the color of it was gray to me. So I would say that a lot to, to my therapist at the time and my partner. So I think naming them is a really good thought. I get the reds, I would the say. The reds, the reds. You know, we mentioned this on the show a lot. It is important to place a little bit of weight on the fact that you are weighed down by the world all the time. So your big feelings are even more difficult to deal with because you are affected by quarantining. You are affected by being away from your friends. It is stressful sometimes to see people who are doing direct action that you wish you could be there and help them, you know, and it sounds like you're not really in a place where you can. For me, 
the reds and <laughs> solving those. I love this. I love you know? this. I love that we the both have colors. Yeah. It's, I know. It's definitely like I can, Jen, I totally feel you're gray, you know, like, and I have felt gray before. Um, but that's, just, I lean the other, the other spectrum. Yeah. Which you're, is you lean more, you lean brighter and bolder, the red, the red hats. Right. I love this. But for somebody who's just figuring out that this is what they do, you know, you're going to, time of transition like a big transition because a transition a transition <laughs> but like but yeah like i mean not only has the asker just graduated and is you know quarantining in place and stuff but um if you are like me which hopefully you are because that's the only context i have um for me finding out about adhd was a big freaking deal it it threw my entire life history into a completely new context that i had to process process. I had all of these memories of feeling like I fucked up or feeling like, oh, my God, I can't believe I can't do it. Everybody else can do it. Why can't I do it? I'm supposed to be smart. Sometimes big revelations like that require time to process. And not every yes. mental disorder or diagnosis will feel like that. And not even all ADHD diagnoses will feel like that. But for me, and I think for you, we need to process. We need to integrate that into our own view of ourselves. Jen, you shouted yes, and I want I want you to talk. What were you saying? Oh, oh, just when you said the word process, that was on like the tip the tip of my tongue, the tip of my brain the whole time. You are constantly processing. This is how I've been feeling lately. I feel like a laptop that has too many tabs open and a video game and oh iMessage yes. and Slack. Like there's just my computer is just my, my the computer in my brain is just constantly humming. It's processing. There's a lot going on in your brain pan. And you know, another thing, if you graduated, that also means you moved. You moved in with your yeah. parents. Um, you're not near your friends, but you know, no one is really, no one responsible is near their friends right now. <laughs> you mentioned the ADHD, which means you know it's important. But don't underestimate that that's a change in your life. I got a diagnosis in my young 20s, too, and it changed my lens of how I viewed the world in a good way. It made it opened up my world. It made it opened up my thinking and made me realize, like, oh, I'm not broken. I'm a lot. I'm a lot. I'm like a lot of people in the world. I have a thing in my brain. Like, absolutely. Like last year, this asker was just walking around on the planet thinking that their that her brain was broken. And now this person knows that the problem is like weird chemicals and that's handleable. That is something that we have words for and we know. This asker, I mean, if again, I'm <laughs> using me as an example, but this asker might not even really know what they're good at right now. Like I, yeah, when yeah. I figured out I had ADHD, um, you know, I, I had been working as an events coordinator for a really long time. And for somebody with ADHD, that's a fucking nightmare. <laughs> I didn't know yeah, it. Yeah. I just yeah. thought that the normal state of every adult was hating their life and being anxious every night until 2 a.m. And so I made an enormous career change. And now I'm trying to be a writer and it's working OK. I'm working on a few games, you know, um, but but it's rebuilding. And it's very, very hard to figure out where to start, what you can do, what you're good at, because you're U2.0 right now. You got some updates. You fixed some bugs. So what can this person do? You know, what can and I'm not saying that like ADHD is going to be a limiting factor for you. ADHD is just a, a descriptor. And for me, it turned out like, you know what? I think I can focus into my creative work. I think that uh, I'm going to use that part of myself, the part that like, you know, kind of pops off all the time and do that instead. And like, yeah, I can. I can run an event. Sure. But, you know, it's taking years off my life. So I'm going to do something yeah. different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Absolutely. So what are you good at, Asker? 
You know, like just um, and, and that's not a question I think you can even answer right away. But when you are trying to figure out how you can help, the first place is what do I do? And the second place is somebody once said the incredible thing, which is the conflicts in this world. We need white interns, not white leaders. So whatever you end up doing, remember that you're starting off at the grunt level of work that somebody else is already doing. So Googling who's near you, which you clearly already have. You've been donating money to Black Lives Matter. Hey, maybe they need some files filed. I don't know. <laughs> that yeah. sort of yeah, stuff. Yeah, you can do a lot of volunteering from your home in quarantine right now. I love that quote, Trin. A visual comes to mind with white interns versus white leaders or versus white allies. It's like the difference between stepping back, listening, learning versus elbowing your way forward to be to the microphone. Oh, absolutely. And that's, you know, when you're young and you have not full on headfirst experienced the garbage in the world because your parents have sheltered you in this beautiful suburb, you know, kind of thing. You don't have the context for what that means or what work has already been done. I think every every young I, I want to say activist, but I guess person who gives a shit. I think you you come to that revelation like at a certain point and it's a growth period. And that's that's what's happening here. I think that the answer is two parts, which is one, the asker wants to know what what she can do on her own and also wants to know how to best take care of herself. So we've kind of touched on what else she can do on her own. Do we have any other ideas? Because I really think the answer to that is just you've got to Google who's near you and who needs help, right? Yeah, yeah, I think so. We always advocate, you know, going down to the bare minimum, asking your friends, how are you? What do you need? How can I help? They might not have an answer for you, but that's a place to start. Absolutely. So let's talk about how you can take care of yourself in order to better yeah. be there for your friends. Yeah. Yeah, they've already got they've already got their our thesis down, which is take care of yourself so you can take care of other people. Absolutely. But let's talk about how to do that. Yeah. And it's hard, you know, because I, I think when we sit down and say, I'm taking care of myself so that I can be more productive. I think we actually <laughs> right. start from a bad place. <laughs> yeah, know? that's a really good point. I'm resting so I can work more. That's uh, that's capitalism talking. And that sucks because it, I think what we need to reframe this as is not just you need to rest in order to be productive. It's resting is in and of itself something that you must do. It is something that is on your to-do list and requires as much focus and attention as everything else on that list. If you have to reframe it, I have to do this for myself. Resting is productive. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it is productive. It is good for your brain. It is good for your body. It is productive. The care and upkeep of of your robot body is is important because of itself, not just because of what that robot can do for other people. I I mean, I had this mantra a couple of years ago, which was rest is medicine, rest is nutrition, rest is fuel. It's all these things. Even if it means lying to myself a little bit, it, it works. It helps. I love that, Jed. I mean, like, isn't that what we do as humans all the time? There's a certain lie to ourselves a always, always, of, all day long. Yeah, all day long. we have to. We always have to have this veneer of illusion <laughs> yeah. over everything that we do. Otherwise, we will not be able to handle reality. It simply won't exist. <laughs> so true. God. Oh, this is great. So, <laughs> another another upbeat episode with Jen and Trent. Right? Well, that's the thing is like, it's funny because we're both smiling while we're saying this because like, fuck, man, like, let's just accept what it means to be a human and what it takes yeah. to be a human. And a big part of that is uh, the good's going to prevail and good's going to prevail because I'm going to try hard, you know, and like, that's yeah. that's how you yeah. fucking do it. What else are we going to do? That's Let it be bad. A 
that's such a great mantra. I know. Like, what's the alternative? There is no alternative. Uh, one thing I, I wanted to like super, super mention again, like I hate that I'm using myself as an example, but it's the one I've got in front of me. Um, you sound like somebody if you get big emotions, if things feel overwhelming, you sound similar to me in that sensory overload is a fucking thing. And I did not know that that was my problem. All I knew was that for five years, I would listen to white noise on my headphones almost all of the time. And uh, and I thought and I was like, eh, it's just like a weird quirk of mine. It's not. It's my ADHD. <laughs> the white noise on my headphones allows me to focus on one thing. And man, I have so many sensory deprivation like things like I don't have like a fucking tank like Grimes or something like that. But <laughs> but I have I have two giant pieces of cardboard that I put um, on my desk to block the sunlight because just the bright sunlight will distract me every day. I will take 10 minutes to what I say is I'm going to go have a dark and quiet. So I go into the darkest room of my apartment, which is the bedroom, close the door, and I put on the white noise machine and I put my head under a pillow and I don't fall asleep. I just kind of like let myself figure out, okay, so which of these feelings are important and which of these feelings can I let go of because they're not doing anything? And that really, really helps me. So like I, I hopefully that practical thing will help you. Give yourself a dark and quiet space that you can go to. There's white noise on like YouTube, like there are loops if you want. I, that's not yeah. for everybody, but that's something you can do. Some people, um, this this is not me, um, but some people like to eat something very like flavor free in the middle of the day to kind of like cleanse them, their, their senses, like crackers or rice or whatever. Like there are lots of ways to handle that. And again, I don't know if that's applicable to you, but you sound like you have the same problem I do. So she said in her P.S., I see a therapist, but there's only so much time each session. So that kind of tells me that she is looking for other coping mechanisms, Trin. Yeah. Um, and it's it's true that there's only so much time in each each session. But do you need to carve out time for for a little more? And I don't mean like an extra time with your therapist, although you could do that. I mean, I've I have friends who see therapists twice or three times a week when they're going through crisis. It's a thing. I did. I'm not uh, anymore, but yeah. I did. Hell yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a it's a thing. You can be like for the next four weeks, I need to see you more often. That that's a possibility. But if that's not the case, there you can carve out the space and time to do therapy. You can have a little date with yourself, like from four thirty to four forty five. I'm going to journal. And that's something I did, and I would do it. Uh, I haven't done it in a while. I, I do journal. I do, but I do it via typing. But when I was a young emo kid, I would get a composition <laughs> journal and like literally scribble really hard. And like write lyrics and it sounds silly and emo, but honestly, afterwards, I felt so refreshed. So I don't know. Find your version of that. Absolutely. I actually um, my buddy Tommy gave me this idea of I have a document that I just I write and write and write all my feelings, all everything. And then I delete it and then I go back in there the next day. Some writing isn't worth keeping. Some of it is. Uh, but for me, it's a therapeutic exercise of I have these feelings and I'm going to get rid of them. And now they are. Yeah. gone. You know? Yeah. Yeah. You're expelling them. Yeah. What else? Like there, I mean, there are so many weird, I say weird, but weird is not really the right word. Um, there are so many uncommon things, I suppose, um, that I do to kind of help manage this. Jen, the journaling thing uh, on a lot of levels works because like, so I have the emotions Google Doc. 
But I also have, um, I'm currently on uh, bullet journal number five, Trin Trash Volume 5 is what it is labeled. <laughs> um, and simply sitting down in the morning, I carve out like a half hour to bullet journal because listing out my tasks and deciding what has priority, what I actually have to get done today or I'll be sad kind of thing or eh, this could go tomorrow. Having that time makes me feel like I don't have to freak out about it the rest of the day. Yeah. Yep. 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 Absolutely. So I went to my psychiatrist and I was like, hey, I'm looking for more coping mechanisms. Um, But one thing that he suggested, and I'm so angry that this worked. That's the problem. Um, I just had been exercising at the wrong time of day for me. So um, people like if you are if you are the type of ADHD who you need to get some energy out. I've been doing my cardio like a half hour every morning. The first thing I do when I get up and I'm so angry at how much better I feel. I'm mad. Oh, you've been doing it in the morning instead of later in the day. Got it. I know. I hate that, too. Like, I want to do it in the evening. I hate doing it in the morning. It's the worst. Yep, I like I, I force myself to do it. But then the rest of the day, like, I don't know, like the the serotonin or whatever is is bubbling and whatever. And I'm so fucking mad that it works. I hate I hate that exercise works, especially in the morning. I've totally done this. And, um, you know, I was a competitive runner for many years and I am not a morning runner. It's like it's just not going to happen. Like physically, mentally, it's not going to happen. The times I force myself to do it, I do feel better afterwards. But I wake up so dehydrated. That's actually a revelation I've had in the last year or so. Huh. <laughs> like I, I'm a, I wake up so dehydrated that it's one of the reasons why my mornings are so bad. So I have to start my morning with a, an electrolyte drink, like hey. some kind of dork. <laughs> but no, it's that's been great. Um, but yeah, mornings are rough for me. Yeah, I felt like bringing that up because I've been thinking a lot about your angry morning, <laughs> your angry mornings. <laughs> me <laughs> I just too. Love that. So. In conclusion, I'm so glad that you have words for the things that you're feeling. And I think that it's important to remember that your diagnosis is not even close to the end of the story for you. Um, This is now you get to go through your thoughts, think about the times that you felt like you were being unreasonable and figure out now that I know what I need, what could I have done for myself to to have been more reasonable or taken care of myself more? And reprioritizing your rest as not just the thing that you do so you can do more things, but as a worthwhile task in itself, I think is going to be really helpful for you. And then the sensory deprivation stuff, like if the, if you find if you try it out and, and you find that that's good, like, hey, man, that's that is a real thing that you need to do for yourself to feel your best and be your healthiest. What else, Jen? Update us. I'm I'm really curious about this person. They seem super cool. Yeah. Um. Yeah. For, for they seem like they. She seems like she cares a lot. I don't know. I just I uh, I I like you. Ask her, mm. and I think it's because you. I think it's because you remind me of Trin. Ah, <laughs> oh, jeez. Yeah. It's weird. <laughs> it's very sweet. Cause I, and I know that feeling. Like I know that feeling of like fuck. I should be doing more. But like also, you have to live your life. And also, there are people who are already leading right now in these in right. these struggles and in these conflicts. And if you're not one of them, hey, that's okay. Like your role's intern right now and that's really that's really fine. Make those calls to your senators. You know, if you can't go in the streets, like there are definitely other things you can do. And try try really hard <laughs> to feel a level of satisfaction in those things that you you can accomplish, you know? And oh dear, you've got to be like what? Like 24, 25? You're a baby child, okay? Like you got baby child. You've got time. You've got time to figure this out. Um, and in the rest, I mean, of I'm life, only I'm only 16, so they're very old to me. Right. But 
<laughs> and Jen, you've accomplished so much. It's really not fair to compare uh, a 25 year old to our, our um, what, do you, what do we call them? Our, uh, our uh, whiz Jen. kid, Jen. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. This has been some kind of friendshiping episode. Uh, if you want to pre-order our book, that would rule. You can go to... Oh, my God. Right? Go to friendshippingbook.com. If you'd like to ask us a question, we would love to get your questions. Uh, email us at friendshippingpodcast at gmail.com. Thank you so much, Ian Parbin, for editing. Thank you, Monica Verma, so much for being our agent. Thank you, Molly Lewis, the creator and singer of our song. Thank you to Lauren Gallagher for uh, your design work. We used some of uh, her logos for our stream this past week. Thank you to who the fuck else? You know what? I'm going to thank Tom. Uh, thank you, uh, Tom Dyke at Dyke-tacular at uh, D-Y-K-tacular on Twitter, um, who did so much work for us for a stream. Oh, also, you can follow us. We may stream again on Twitch. We're thinking about it. We had such a nice time. Um, if you want to follow us on Twitch, it's the same as our Twitter at Do Friendship uh, on Twitter at uh, and then Do Friendship on Twitch. Oh, and thank you for listening. And you're welcome for talking. Do friendship at the problem. Like for breakfast today, I had a bowl of farro and spinach. So anyway. <laughs> Trin poops plants, okay? I do. <laughs>